0: Fix. hello everybody and welcome to the varmints podcast Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you the listener on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet one animal at a time. I'm Donna and I am not an animal expert. Paul and I will be recording together again soon, but there are some animals we probably can't get enough information on to fill a regular show, so the answer was to cover them in these little solo episodes. Or solo soles? Anyway, today we're going to be talking about the musk ox, one of my favorites, but first, the news! northern Nevada man's backyard tree planting project turned up bones that he and a researcher think might be from the ice age. They also think the artifacts from Tom Gordon's yard near the Carson River might be the first example of extinct helmeted musk ox ever found in the state. Mr. Gordon said, I was the first person to see that thing in 11,000 plus years. Nobody else had messed with it. Paleontologist and Las Vegas Natural History Museum lab chief Steve Rowland is using radiocarbon dating to determine the exact age of the fossils. Rowland, who is also an emeritus geology professor at the University of Nevada, plans to compare them with the helmeted musk oxen bone specimens at the University of Utah. Gordon said that it all started when he dug up what looked like the bottom half of a horse jaw. He and his wife found bones in their Carson City yard before, and assumed the land was once part of a ranch. He and his wife had found bones in their Carson City yard before, but they assumed the land was once part of a ranch. However, their daughter thought the jaw might have come from a dinosaur. After seeing photos, Roland and a grad student traveled north and began excavating, thinking they were unearthing a bison, or perhaps a camel. The scientist, Roland, is still working to confirm that the fossils are extinct Ice Age helmeted musk ox. He said he believes the bones came from at least four individual animals of the same species and other Ice Age bones found nearby might be a type of deer. His research revealed that musk oxen were widespread in the Midwest and used to roam the West although no remains have been discovered in what is now Nevada before this. The animals are believed to have been taller and more slender than modern musk ox. and researchers think they became extinct because of climate-driven changes in vegetation. Roland expects there are more fossils in Gordon's yard and possibly those of his neighbors. He plans to return to Carson City to try to find them. Both Roland and Gordon said they'd like to see the fossils end up in a museum, possibly the Nevada State Museum in Carson City. Gordon called the discovery a great experience, but he added that he's ready to finish his yard. It's really unique being able to find something as rare as they're saying it is, Gordon told the review journal. But I'll tell you the whole reason was to plant my trees, and my wife is still mad because I haven't finished the trees. Just a reminder to go to varmints.podbean.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and on Instagram at, at all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We have a Pinterest board that is run by a wonderful Varminion whom we adore. Go over there and put varmints in the search engine and you'll find our lovely boards of all the various critters that we talk about. If you're interested in some varmints merchandise, go over to Redbubble and again, put our name in the search engine. You will find all sorts of neat stuff and it'll be great fun. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We are everywhere podcasts are found and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. So now let's go ahead and talk about our subject of the day, the muskox. Hey, let's go get educated on some animals. I know you want (laughs) to. Musk oxen are in the subfamily Caprinae of the family Bovidae, and they are more closely related to sheep and goats than to cows. They have their own genus all to themselves, guys, and it's called Ovibos, which in Latin means sheep ox. Musk oxen are one of the two biggest living Caprinae next to the Tachin which are comparable in size. Musk oxen and tachin used to be thought to be closely related, but the tachin doesn't have the common ovibovine features, and analysis of the two species' DNA revealed that their lineages are separated early in the Caprine evolution. The similarities between tachin and Muskox are now regarded as an example of convergent evolution.
1: Hey, Varmenians, this is the Science Dude. In evolutionary biology, convergent evolution is the process whereby organisms not closely related independently evolve similar traits as a result of having to adapt to similar environments or ecological niches. It is the opposite of divergent evolution, where related species evolve different traits. That's it for today. Stay groovy, everybody. Science Dude out.
0: Both male and female musk oxen have long, curved horns. Musk oxen stand 1.1 to 1.5 meters, that's four to five feet high at the shoulder, with females measuring 135 to 200 centimeters or 4.4 to 6.6 feet in length, and the larger males 200 to 250 centimeters or 6.6 to 8.2 feet. The small tail, often concealed under a layer of fur measures only 10 centimeter or 3.9 inches long. Adults weigh about 285 kilograms or 630 pounds and range from 180 to 410 kilograms or 400 to 900 pounds. Their thick coat and large head suggest a larger animal than the muskox truly is The bison, to which the musk ox is often compared, can weigh up to twice as much. However, heavy zoo-kept specimens have weighed up to 650 kilograms, or 1,400 pounds. Their coat, a mix of black, gray, and brown, includes long guard hairs that almost reach the ground. Rare white musk oxen have been spotted in the Queen Maud Gulf Bird Sanctuary in Nunavut, Canada, Musk oxen are sometimes domesticated for wool, meat, and milk. The wool, called Kivgut, is highly prized for its softness, length, and insulation value. Prices for yarn range between $40 and $80 per ounce. Now, I'm not a crafter, and I don't know how that compares to other yarny types and prices, but some crafty farm minion will definitely know, and give us a comment on the discussion board if you have An opinion about this price. A musk ox can reach speeds of up to 60 kilometers per hour, or 37 miles per hour. Their life expectancy is between 12 and 20 years. A group of musk oxen is called a herd. Male musk oxen are called bulls, females are called cows, and the babies are called calves. Which makes sense, but I sort of wish they were called oxlings or something, just to shake things up a bit. Since they are more closely related to goats, maybe they should be rams using kids. What do you think? Another discussion group topic. The word musk-ox comes from the Latin ovibos muscatus, which means musky sheep ox. Indigenous people in North America have their own names for them, which I hope I am pronouncing correctly. The Inuktitut name Umingmak translates to... The bearded one, while its woods Cree names Mathimos and Mathimostos translate to ugly moose and ugly bison, which I think is sort of unfair because I think they're super cute. The mating season of the muskox occurs between August and October. During this time, a dominant male will guard a harem of females and compete with the opposing males by bashing their faces together until someone gives up. This is a tried-and-true method with many species of animals, so don't laugh, it's not funny. Okay, it's a little funny. The dominant male may mate multiple times with each female during one season. After an 8-month gestation period, females will give birth to one calf between April and June when the weather is warmer and food is more readily available. The calf can stand up and follow its mom within a few hours after birth which is a very good thing to do if you live in an environment where there are lots of predators from which you may have to run away. By the middle of the 19th century, the only remaining populations of musk oxen were found in the tundra of the Canadian Arctic. Since then, populations have been reintroduced to Norway, Alaska, and Siberia. So muskoxen have a lot of interesting features that help them survive, a few of which I talked about in the general description, but here's a few more. Muskox save energy in the cold winter by just standing or lying still. They slow down their breathing and their heart rate and digestion so that they burn fewer calories with less food until springtime comes. These features, along with their compact size, help them to reduce heat loss and retain energy. One of the most famous things that musk oxen are known for is their clever defense against predators. When they see danger approaching, they run together and they all try to face the threat. If there's just one predator, like a lone wolf, their defense strategy is to form a line. If a wolf pack surrounds the group the musk oxen will form a tight circle all facing outward, forming a phalanx of heads and horns. Calves will hug next to their mothers or huddle inside the circle. Occasionally one musk ox will charge the enemy but will quickly rejoin the others. If the herd doesn't run but stays together in a tight defensive formation, this defense is virtually impenetrable. If a musk ox is caught away from their herd or separated from the others, they are much easier to kill. This circular defense has made musk oxen vulnerable to some predators. It is an excellent strategy against a predator like the wolf, but recently a few grizzly bears north of the Brooks range have learned to kill musk oxen while they are in their circle formation. This has seriously affected musk ox numbers in some areas. This defense can also be ineffective against humans who have hunted these animals for millennia. That's kind of one thing about the human as a predator. We're pretty good at killing stuff. So sometimes the defenses that animals use to protect themselves don't work out so well. And in this case, that's one of them. A wolf pack is one thing to deal with. But a group of giant pink monkeys who have hardly any hair and are very cold, and they also have a bunch of sharp, pointy sticks. That's a whole different bag of tricks. Currently, the IUCN lists the muskox as least concern, but because of climate change, which is a real thing, populations could come under different sorts of stresses in the future. They certainly have had their populations dip because of overhunting in the past to very small numbers and that has limited their genetic diversity. These animals have survived thousands and thousands of years, including different climate changes, but their diversity is low enough now that the changes that are coming in the future may be too much for them. I hope the conservationists can find a way to create a safe and stable future for these interesting and beautiful animals. This time, I'd like to thank our patrons, supporters. Your patronage keeps the lights on around here and keeps the recordings going. And we managed to be able to donate a little bit of money to charities that the podcast favors, having to do with wildlife preservation and things like that. And we really, really appreciate your support. Hey there everyone, Paul and Donna are a couple of nerds just like you and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk about where we all see them most of the time on movies, TV, comic books, toys and video games. Perhaps unsurprisingly, there is a dearth of musk ox in pop culture. So instead, I'm going to point you to a YouTube mini-documentary done by world-renowned wildlife biologist Joel Berger. I asked Dr. Berger for an interview, and he really tried, but in the end, he simply didn't have the time. He was extremely kind and sweet about having to say no, and while I'm sad I didn't get to talk to him, I think you minions will really enjoy this documentary And also, reading his many published works about wildlife and the environment. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a clip, but it's only about eight minutes long and well worth a viewing. Dr. Berger shows you how they set up a wildlife experiment to see how muskox react to the presence of grizzly bears. And it's way more complicated than I ever thought it could be. It's completely fascinating. Go on and check it out on YouTube. The link will be in the show notes.
1: Howdy, Barmenians. This here is Cotton Shorts, chief rancher at the S-X Esoteric Animal Ranch in southeastern New Mexico. When we are feeding the animals out at the ranch, it's sometimes a chore to find out what it is that they will enjoy eating. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask them. Are you going to eat
0: that? eat it sure I'd probably try it if I was in an area of the world where I could get a hold of it people certainly do eat them I've had goat before and it's delicious so probably these guys taste pretty good too for what else eats them it's pretty much arctic wolves polar bears and brown bears and now you know Is your brain a repository of useless information? Well, let's help everyone win that next trivia night, or just sound smarter than the rest of the room, with the Animal Fact of the Week. Muskoxes live in the Arctic, and they need to save up enough energy to last through the icy cold, dark winter. They eat like crazy in the summer to store up fat and do exactly that. Scientists wondered if they have circadian clocks. The circadian clock has an internally driven 24-hour rhythm that tends to run longer than 24 hours but resets every day by the sun's light-dark cycle. There's a biologically set time for eating, sleeping, digesting food, etc. Scientists believe these internal clocks can help a critter survive because it won't waste valuable calories trying to find food at a time of day when it isn't readily available. In the Arctic, however, the winter nights are always dark and the summer days are always light. So do creatures who evolved there have a circadian rhythm? Researchers published in Royal Society Open Science that musk behavior does not seem to follow a daily pattern year-round. Instead, they switch between grazing and digesting, repeat every few hours, and even these rhythms are put aside when the sun stays in the sky all the time in the summer. A scientist working on the project, Dr. Van Beast, said, We don't find very strong circadian rhythms. And rather, they had foraging bouts of less than 12 hours, and their patterns were different in the winter as well. I'd just like to add that anybody called Dr. Van Beast really does need to be a wildlife biologist. So there it is. Good for them. So their discoveries match nicely with the work on Svalbard reindeer, where scientists discovered that these animals have a 24 hour cycle but abandon this in the summer. Scientists are interested in how this feature affects biological fitness, which is how many babies grow up to make babies, or how successful the species is at keeping their population going. There's clearly a lot of work to do, but it sounds like muskox don't have a circadian rhythm. Sounds like something that you don't really need when you evolve at the top of the world. All right, that was our muskox show. I'd like to thank Matthew Chomo for technical support. Our bed music is by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Derek Schmay, Stacy and Frosty, and Curtis Craddock. Now it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger who wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at 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 gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on our podcast. Today's Rugrat is Ellie, and here she is.
2: Hey, Ellie. What? Hey, Ellie, how old are you? Um. Don't, how old is, How many? how many is that? Um, three. You're three? Yeah. Ellie, do you know what that is on the screen? Yeah. You do? What is that?
1: It's a moose.
2: A moose? No, that's not a moose. You know what that's called? Yeah. What is it? It's... I
1: don't know.
2: That's called a musk ox.
1: It can kill people.
2: (laughs) It can... Well, maybe it could, I suppose. Maybe. Can you describe it? What does it look like?
1: Um, a moon hot.
2: <laughs> I know, but describe it. What does it look like?
1: It have horns.
2: It does have horns. Is it furry?
1: See, it have horns.
2: It does have Just horns, like that. Yep. What and
1: about? this, like that guy.
2: <laughs> and and what else is it? It's furry.
1: Yeah, it's furry than those guys.
2: And is it big? Yeah. Yeah, it's big.
1: It's bigger than those guys.
2: Uh-huh. Hey, Ellie, would you would you like to have one for a pet? Yeah. Maybe you could ride it around And I yard.
1: can make a little cave for them.
2: You would make a little cave for it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they
1: can not see little monster things. Yeah. Because those guys will be so sad and kill them.
2: Yeah, that would be sad. So you're gonna yeah. make a cave for them so they can hide?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: so, so, that, a, so that people can, can hunt them? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm gonna make a little house. So I'm gonna walk the house so nobody can just kill them.
2: Yeah, so they can't be hunted? No. You're gonna lock them in the house? Yeah. That's a great idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Evan. So
1: Ellie. no monster, no big diamond no big dinosaurs in the house.
2: (laughs) No no dinosaurs, just oxes.
1: No, just oxes. Those are not heavy, Mm
2: -mm. but
1: those are heavy. Yeah, those are heavy. And you can ride one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you want to ride an ox? Yeah. Okay.
1: And mommy, daddy can see where
2: Mm-hmm. They can. Let's get a...
1: Yay! Mus-
2: let's get a, mus- a muskox. Yeah. Okay. That sounds so, great.
1: So, yes, make a little hat for them.
2: You want to make a little hat for them?
1: Yeah. So they can go hunt- hunting and go find little birds that match them.
2: Okay. I like all those ideas. Okay. Hey, Ellie, thanks for talking to me about muskoxes. And oxes.
1: yes... <laughs> Yes, go find some more tiny oxes.
2: Let's go do it right now.
1: Yeah, yes, go hunt and find those little tiny oxes. Hey, Ellie. It's like this tiny. Ellie. What?
2: Thank you for talking to me about musk oxes.
1: And those are <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yep. Can I see more? I want to see those.
2: Ellie, thank you.
1: And daddy, I want to. What
2: did you say? Say thank you.
1: Thank you. No, I
2: said thank you to you. What are you going to say? Um. If I say thank you, what do you say? Um. If I say thank you, Ellie, what do you say?
0: I don't
2: know. You say, you're welcome.
0: You're welcome.
2: I love you. (laughs) I love
0: you too. Again, that little adorable sprog was Ellie. She is the daughter of Chris the Toaf Green, who is the host of the This Week Today podcast right here on the Podfix Network. So go check out his show. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be nice to animals. And by the way, I think making a tiny hat for a muskox is a great idea. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.